Special thank you to Project K9 Hero. Them and Cashman's Pub just came on to be a sponsor for us for an entire year. So, if you guys love puppy dogs, if you guys love supporting our military and law enforcement, you guys need to go check out Project K9 Hero. Go make a donation. Go do whatever. Buy some gear to show your support. Thank you to Jason Johnson and also to my guy Ron at Cashman's Pub. Ron is opening up a couple other spots. He's already got the library uh, in Macon, Georgia. And let me tell you, when we go out to Macon, that is where we pregame. We pregame at Cashman's. We have a good time. They got good food. They always got good music. And Ron is letting me bring some artists down there to play. So y'all do me a favor. If you're in Macon, Georgia and you're looking for a spot to eat, Go check out Cashman's Pub if you're looking for a spot to get drunk and hang out with your friends. Cashman's Pub is the place to go. Special thank you to Mr. Blake over at Gerald Electric Company. Right here in Cochran, Georgia, they can handle all your commercial and industrial electrical construction and maintenance needs. Uh, this old fella came on uh, middle of the month, so this ad ain't completely finished. But what's cool about it, they're right here out of Cochran, Georgia. It's a family-owned business. And they're going to be coming here in the next couple of days and actually doing an episode and telling you guys more about them and their company. So, y'all, please do me a favor and go check them out on all social media platforms and give them a call for any of your commercial and industrial electrical needs today. That's Gerald Electric Company. Ask for Blake. His phone number is 478-279-3308. And tell him you heard it right here on the Josh Terry Podcast. A good buddy to the show decided to sponsor this month, DPF Alternatives at 314 Garrison Road in Macon, Georgia. You can find this good old boy on Facebook at DPF Alternatives, Macon, Georgia. They service diesel vehicles, semis, pickup, tractors, heavy equipment, anything that uses diesel. They clean all admission systems and diesels, and they give you a one-year warranty. They also sell aftermarket filters, offer 24 our service look my dad recently this is how we got hooked up with these guys uh my dad recently had to take his truck somewhere to get it serviced and the guys over at dpf hooked us up and we come to find out that he listened to the show because his sister had been on the show a lot so pretty much like family now so if your diesel needs its emission system clean or serviced i'm telling you go check out my guys over at d P.F. in Macon, Georgia. You can call them now at 478-973-8502. Tell them you heard their ad on 
download the Josh Terry podcast and get $50 off. DPF Alternatives Making Georgia. Shout out to my boys over at Deep South Chemical. A couple weeks ago, they heard the ad on the podcast, and they sent me over some of the stuff that they sell. Some chemicals that you wash your vehicles with, some degreasers, some tire shine, some waxes, all that good stuff. And let me tell you, folks, their stuff isn't like the shit you get at Walmart. This isn't like the shit you get from O'Reilly's. They gave me this stuff for my tires and rims. And all I had to do was spray it on and wipe it off. I didn't have to scrub. I didn't have to break my damn back. Their stuff literally was so good. I just had to wipe it off. I know I would have used these guys again, even if they wouldn't have sponsored the show. So it tickled me when they decided to do it this month. So I need you guys to please go look up Deep South Chemical. Call them today. They'll ship the stuff to you. Their phone number is 404-909-4257. That's Deep South Chemical chemical tell mr scott that josh terry sent you let me tell y'all about blue collar alliance yeah i need y'all to go look it up on facebook right now it is a great group on facebook and it's way more than that my buddy bubba Marlboro is helping out blue collar workers left and right he also has a roofing company just go look it up if you don't mind blue collar alliance One of the artists that I would really like for y'all to take a look at is my guy, Mark Ware. Mark was in here a couple weeks ago. He tells his story. You guys need to go listen to that episode. Also, go follow all of his social media. Mark Ware music on everything. Dude is solid. He's a good friend of the show. Go look him up now. Mark Ware music. Let me tell you about my girl, Miss Erica, with Crooked W Consulting. She has a small marketing and design agency out of North Carolina. She offers small, affordable business solutions that tailor your business and startups nationwide. She's currently doing my new website. I'm telling you folks, you need to let her do yours. She's doing us a jam up job. She also offers digital marketing, graphic design, and social media management if i'm using her here at the studio there ain't no reason why your small business shouldn't look her up on facebook and instagram at crooked w consulting or text her now at 919-351-2084 crooked w consulting hit up miss erica now you won't be disappointed Let's give a quick shout out to Nobles Networking. Guys, if you're looking for a new internet provider, they hook me up here at the studio and at my house. If you live out in the country and you can't find nowhere else where to get your internet or you're paying too much for Hargrave or any of that other shit, look up Nobles Networking. 478-308-0596. You are going to love it. I'm telling you, it works great for me. It runs everything here at the studio at my house perfectly. Hit up Nobles Networking. Let me tell you about Lori's Dive-In in Alamo, Georgia. I ran her ad several times now. She's been with me since I started doing this stuff. Even if it's not convenient for you, take some time, go out of your way, and go eat there. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. She takes pride in her staff, her food, her service, every single aspect. So, Please go check out Lori's Dive In in Alamo, Georgia at 8 Commerce Street. And the phone number is 912-568-1645. Lori's Dive In.
If you've seen me wearing hats lately that's got D-Y-H on it, it stands for Down Yonder Hat Co. Seth Bazemore, a buddy of mine, he owns that company, and he has sent me some of their hats. Let me tell you, I love them. I've worn them in a lot of my stuff lately, and I plan on wearing them a lot more. I've showed them to some of my friends. He has a startup business, and I'm telling you guys, you would absolutely love them. So do me a favor. Go right now to his Instagram at Down Yonder Hat Co. Check them out. They also have a website, downyonderhatco.com. Order some stuff from them and tag them on Instagram. And when you do, make sure when you make the post, you say that you heard about the hats and Down Yonder right here on the Josh Terry Podcast. Now, let's get to the show. Thank y'all for tuning into the Josh Terry podcast. I'm here at Raising Grace Studios today, and uh, through Zoom with us is somebody that I very much enjoy listening to, who I have a show with this Friday night in Macon, Georgia, at the Hummingbird. Uh, Miss Taylor Austin Die. How are you doing? What's up, y'all? I'm good. How you been? Uh, I'm a lot better now. Uh, you're one of my faves. I want you to know that. Like, you're one of the folks that I knew who they were before you ever were on the show. Uh, the whiskey song that you had, I guess it would probably would have been last summer or something, or maybe a little bit before that. Uh, uh, water me down, maybe. Yeah, that's it. I remember seeing it on TikTok, and I was like, "Oh, she's a badass." And then whoever hooked us up, or you do, I think it was um, Miss Tiffany from Extreme Party Bus got you on the show the first yes. time. Oh uh, yeah, you were cool as shit, and uh, I've I've been I've been fun, fo- it was I've been following you close ever since then. I'm very proud of you, ma'am. Thank you. I appreciate it. We've been running and gunning. You know how it is. Yeah, you look like you are busy as hell. <laughs> I'm in the car right now, you know? Yeah. What uh, What'd you do during CMA Fest? You wore out from it? Lord, I was in the bed for a full 24 hours after CMA Fest. Yeah, we. Uh, I played five shows, I think, and we were just trying to go out and catch all our friends and see everything in between us playing and uh, – Oh, it was great. I did a show with Ariat, 615 House, Listening Room, National Navy Party. And then I got to play an official CMA stage. It was my first year doing that. And that was awesome. So it was all good stuff. You probably ought to get used to being on the big stage. <laughs> it was really cool. Like, I was, I was stunned because, you know, I, I was the last act on Saturday on that stage. And uh, I didn't know if anyone was going to stay or whatever, but we had a ton of fans come out and had a meet and greet line, which I totally was not expecting. It was it was really cool. That's cool. I've been excited to uh, – there's been a lot of feedback from the stuff that me and Lisa have shared of you. So, like, down here, especially in Macon, you, I, I'm going to sound like an asshole when I say this, but I always do anyway. There's a difference in somebody that is uh, – really putting in hard work and everything that's an, a Nashville artist and then the people who pitch themselves to bars as a Nashville artist if that makes sense and uh, uh-huh. Macon's notorious for not listening to the artists before they come before somebody books oh. them uh so there's you know there's some places around here that just don't play good country music no more and uh so like when we started doing these honky tonk nights a couple months ago and they told me I got to pick the artists um like, you were one of the ones I had to put on the list because I just love what you're doing. But the feedback we've got since we started sharing the stuff about you being there this weekend, hey, you've got some real fans down here, dude. Man, it, it blows me away. Every single show that 
we have been doing in the last, I don't know, six months especially, um, it's just the, the the fans that will drive from wherever, no matter where you are, you know, it's, it's crazy. And just like, I'm like, shit, you're here to see me? Like, you're here to see me. <laughs> and they're always like, yeah. Um, but it's just the outpouring of support has just been absolutely insane. And I created a lot of that to TikTok. Um, honestly, yeah. Well, you're you're one of those like TikTok was just a is a marketing tool and the people that are talented is gonna shine through. Like Trey and Priscilla both would have eventually blown up regardless and you would have too. Like TikTok might have sped the process up, but the the talent's there. I mean, uh, anybody that's blind can see it with you and the rest of those folks. Well, thank you. Uh it was it's definitely been a labor of love because Social media is not something that's super, become supernatural to me, uh, but I do it because I love talking to everybody, and you know I think I'm using it for the right reasons. You know what I mean? Yeah, some of your videos tickle me. Uh, I'm horrible at it, and I work in it. I hate this shit more than anything. I I hate making a TikTok. I hate making an Instagram post. Everybody's like, "Oh, you do it all the time." Well, I I don't want to be poor. <laughs> Like, I'm the only person that's going to market my fat ass. Who else is going to? Yeah. It was easy. That was some I- of the best uh, Some of the best advice I ever got was someone said, well, if you ain't going to show up and put yourself out there, who, who the hell else is? Exactly. You know? So I've always kind of lived by that ever since I heard that in college. So In college. Huh? I know you're not supposed to ask a woman, but I've always been curious. How old are you? I'm 28. Okay. I was I was actually betting younger. I actually really? thought, okay. I thought I usually I thought 25. I, get that a lot. I thought 25. Okay, I get that a lot. Everyone thinks I'm around 25, but I I've lived I've lived a damn long life since I before I moved to Nashville. Um I graduated high school in 2012. I graduated college in 3 years. I worked in radio for a year and a half. I was married, got divorced, got married again. I've been I've been doing some shit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you got to keep trying till you get it right, no matter what it is in life. Yep, yep. So. What did you do in radio? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I had a drive time show in central Kentucky, um, a little station, and I was on every day from 3 to 6 p.m., and I would take calls and talk to people, and I would play my own stuff, and I would have guests on. You know, it was just a cool little radio show. It's called Songbird Radio. And I did that for about a year and a half. I also did marketing for them and sales as well. And I loved it. Honestly, if I was not going to be in in the, if I wasn't a singer in the industry, I'd love to work in radio again. Yeah. I hope I never have to go back. I, I was, I was a radio show host for a while and uh, at one of the bigger stations here in Georgia and that getting up at four 30 and having to be on at six and talking about like wired up at six until ten o'clock every morning, yeah, I hope oh, I, I don't ever do have that. to do that shit again. That's why I love drive time. I got to work at two o'clock and I left at like seven, so it was awesome. That's cool. Well, uh, tell me about—is it the six one five house? I really don't know a lot about it. Um. Yeah. So I <clears throat> let's see. I started hanging out with those guys. They invited me in February of last year to come to the house and hang out and see and that was when we were still at Reba's old house and it was really fun but basically it's just like there's a core group of us and then we also invite friends in and 
just like have special guests and we all collaborate and the goal is to, it's like a basically it's just a collaborative venture or we're hoping that you know if you're there for Thomas Mack maybe Taylor Austin and I will pick up a fan you know and it's kind of a collaborative process like that and um, now we're kind of venturing out into doing house parties is what we're calling them but basically it's just takeovers so for example we took over Ariat uh, this week for CMA Fest and did a whiskey tasting show and then last month we took over Old Red and did like a showcase there so we're, we're getting out there and into the live thing more and so you're probably going to see that more reflected on our tiktok page coming up in the near future that's cool does it, so does everybody have a pretty big following like you that's in the house um i don't know everybody's numbers to be honest i haven't looked in a while but um i mean is, well, I let, me, let, let me say it this way is that how y'all picked who you did stuff with well, when I joined the house, I only had probably, I don't know, 150,000 followers or something. Um, of course, that was last year before I had, you know, when I re released Rest in Peace, I kind of really started to take off even more. And um, I think it's just they're looking for, like, talented people who do social media and are dedicated to it. You know, I post every day or I try to do if I can. So I think it's more of like a artistry and dedication thing but i'm sure the followers i'm sure that helps <laughs> i bet it does well <laughs> you really can't go wrong networking with folks like i love being around creative people and there's a lot of people that i've met off of social media that are just complete tools and i would not piss on them if they was probably on fire but there are some that you meet and are just they embody everything that you believe in. They're just as creative as you, so it makes you more creative. And it is a pleasure right. to be around some of those folks. I could see, as a songwriter or artist, why being around those folks has probably benefited you and them as well. Well, it doesn't hurt anything. I mean, some people think that that might take away from what they're doing, but honestly, the way I look at it, you're making friends, you're having a good time, you're, like you said, being creative. You know, if you gain a fan or two from it, that's awesome. If you don't, you're still having a good time. So that's kind of the way that I put my, myself into the picture. Well, you're doing a hell of a job of it. What, what's, what's the first thing you had that blew you up on TikTok? What song? Well, uh, I don't know what you consider blowing up, but, like, when I released Good Time Girl, was like, was, like, my first big release since I came to Nashville, um, it kind of got, like, almost a million so that was back in 2020 i guess so that was great for me so i had a few videos around that number and um, that was actually the first song that i ever had that charted on like the itunes country charts and um, cmt picked up the music video so that was kind of the one that got the ball rolling and then of course you mentioned earlier water me down which i followed up good time girl with um was just as good and it was even higher on the chart and uh number wise and, uh, yeah, here we are. I've released, I think, nine singles now and uh, get ready to put out a lot more. Well, I know it tickled me about you the first time I got around you when we did the show. It was last August is when you did the show. I, I had to look was it Was it that long ago? It's been a year. It's been almost wow. a year since I met you. Uh, I did not know that. So what's crazy is there were two of y'all that came in that day that I had no idea who you were. Um, it's just, I hadn't got a chance. I'd seen you on social media, so I was a little bit more familiar with you, but didn't really know you. And, um, it was you and Tyra. Oh, my girl. Yeah. So let me tell you what I thought when y'all walked in the door. First off, 
One, I thought Tyra was going to get up there and do some Taylor Swift shit. I thought she was just going to be this basic white bitch getting up there. And I, and I, and I, that's not my stuff. Like, I don't got nothing against it, whatever. Like, it, it, it's obviously selling for people, you know? I don't never knock anybody's hustle, hustle or what they like because I probably like shit that a lot of people don't, right? So, like, I was already like, damn, this is, this is not my brand at all. This is not what I push. I push, like, real traditional country and 90s country and stuff like that, Jones and Whitley. And uh, if a woman gets on the show, like, I, I, I want her to, like, blow me away. I did not think that out of her. Second she opens her mouth, I'm like, this woman is talented. She is a badass. And I think she cussed at me, like, right off the bat, too. Like she, I think she said something. That's probably that's probably what happened. <laughs> yeah, she said something to me, and I was like, "Okay, you got my respect." Like right off of it, I think she said, "You had just played before her," and she's like, "I guess I'm gonna play a murder song, or something along those lines." I can't remember what it was, but it was badass. It was not anything I expected, so she blew me away. And then I really didn't know what to think about you in person yet. And then the second you started singing, I was like, "Holy shit!" Those from that first show I did with y'all. Out of everybody that did that show, you two were the holy shit moments. And it taught me right then. It's like, I'm not judging a book by the cover ever It's again. crazy because I just, I had this conversation with uh, my husband and my manager over the weekend because um, I'm in person, I'm kind of quiet. I'm, I'm not super like, I've never been super outgoing my whole life, you know, and my husband was like, you know that you're an acquired taste, right? And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, people probably think you're a bitch when they first meet you. And I'm like, well, I'm not. And he's like, well, I'm not. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Saying you are, but, you know, it's just like... A lot of people kind of have that preconceived notion about me, um, I guess, maybe just seeing me online or seeing me in, in passing or whatever, but I swear I'm nice. I just got RBF and I'm a little quiet, but once uh, once I get liquored up a little bit, you know, I'll cut a rug or... Yeah, I saw... Uh, you maybe, I yeah, I, I got the Snapchats from you and Skinny the other night. It looks like you were uh, having a good time. That resting bitch face was gone. <laughs> I, I love Skinny. It's hard to have a resting bitch face around that guy. God, I hate him so much that I love him. He he is one of my best friends now, and I would have never thought I'm 35 years old. I would have never thought I'd been best friends with a 22 year old and being able to actually have conversations and just be real or anything with him. But he is he is uh, he's one of a kind. Yeah, man, he's he's a good. So I, I met him on his first night in Nashville. He walked up to me and Ben and said, 
do you know where Losers is? And we were at Red Door. And I said, yeah, we started talking. And he said he just moved here for his first night. And I said, well, come on, we'll go with you. And we walked in, and uh, some of our friends were in the back with Jelly Roll. And so we go back, and Skinny is like, oh, my God, there's Jelly Roll. And so he ordered all of us tequila shots. And Skinny was just like, my first night in town, I can't believe this is happening. And so that was kind of uh, how we bonded. And it was just crazy how everything fell into place. So I love telling that story about his first night in town. God, he, he's one of those that when I'm in town that I have to go see. There's a couple people that I try to just hang out with, and then there's people like you that if you're playing around or something somewhere, like I have a checklist of must-sees when I come to town. You and Shelby Ray are both two that I really try to find where y'all are playing at while I'm in town and go see you. I just met her, and she is the shit. Oh, my God. I love that girl. Yeah, she's she she's is, she is a firecracker. Yeah, uh, yeah, she's one of those that uh, the more we do stuff down here, the more I'm gonna try. I I love female artists. I love badass, just no give a shit female artists. I've always been obsessed with them, and it's it's women like y'all. I really do feel like there's this whole wave of like outlaw females that are coming around and finally being able to say what they want to say, do what they want to do. And they look badass doing it and they're putting out hella good music. And I don't know. I just hope that that wave continues. Cause I'm trying to bring that stuff down here to Macon and, and everything and then have more of it on my show. You don't have a lot of that where I'm from. Man, it's like, I think now too, with back to social media, I'll bring that up again, but now it's like, you don't have to be on, the radio rolling down the road to have a fan base and have a following. And like, I can say shit down fuck hell in my songs. I don't care because I don't have to be on the radio. Like I have good fans. I mean, sure. That's awesome. And it's always a goal, but like rest in peace got a lot of pushback from a lot of platforms because it's about domestic abuse. And no one kind of really wants to hear about that. And I'm kind of getting the same um, about Bible Belt, which is my new song that's coming out. Oh, it's my kind of- God, by the way. <laughs> Fuck, yes. It, it, it calls some shit out, some real-world shit, and that's it, people don't want to hear about that. You know what I mean? The mainstream does not want to hear about that, but I don't care. I'm putting out what I love. I, you don't have to anymore. I really don't believe – I honestly think in five years, terrestrial radio is dead anyway. I think that what podcasts are doing, what satellite radio, iHeartRadio, everybody's doing, it don't matter no more. People won't. I remember I I left radio. I got fired from radio in September of 20. And everything coming out then, like all the request lines were for Cody Johnson, uh, Co Wetzel, Cody Jinks, Tyler Childers, stuff like that, that were none of those are in the top 50 on on whatever chart they're going by. But it's what the people want to listen to. The, our phones in our hand right now have what killed radio, and I'm glad it did because everybody's getting to listen to what they want to. And everybody's getting to actually, the artists like you, get to put out what you want to. And I don't see nothing fucking wrong with it. I think it honestly makes you more uh, authentic. I think that you get to actually be you now. You don't have to try to be a Carrie Underwood. You don't have to be a Taylor Swift. You can be Taylor Austin fucking die. And... That's good enough because it is. That's what the shit that we want to hear. Um, well, it's funny because I think a lot of people that do listen to mainstream music, they 
are very quick to like kind of they hear me and they're like oh what what are you like your voice kind of sounds like Carrie and Miranda but your songs are like not like that and they're so quick to try to put you in a box to try to figure out like what you are because they don't know what to relate it to sometimes I feel like so it's always interesting to see like what the mainstream radio has created out of consumers but getting back to people that love it I'm they would have never you know they would have never got to hear it is basically what I'm getting around to saying so That, and that that yeah. makes me mad that you got some pushback from Rest in Peace. I mean, shit, Goodbye Earl, Independence Day. Uh, I mean, there, there's songs that are about domestic violence, and it's not saying, oh, domestic violence is good. It's talking about real fucking life. Yeah, and it happens. I mean, it happens every day whether you hear about it or not, you know. Yeah. As same as the Bible Belt. That shit, that shit happens. It's real. I cannot wait to hear that whole song. You had me hooked. I'm so picky about the music I listen to anyway, or that I share or whatever. And it took one or two lines on your TikTok video to have me to where I sat there and I had to listen to it two or three times. And it's just like, this this is going to be a fucking banger. I'm big on those storytelling songs. I love writing them. I love listening to them. And I just think they're so captivating and, and cool, you know, and a little wants to have another truck bed sundress bullshit. Like we have another those, you know. So yeah, every, I don't understand why people don't realize how tired the consumer is of that shit. Yeah. No one get no one wants to hear another back road song, I guess. No one wants to. Everybody wants to hear you you are relatable because you're real. The more relatable you become, the bigger your fan base is going to grow because people are going to see how genuine you are. That the shit you're singing about is probably coming from a place, regardless of what oh, that yeah. pl- regardless of what it is, and that makes you connect with your audience to where you don't have fans that just listen one time. You have fans that listen forever. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've started to see that. Like, I've just recently got to be more vulnerable and actually tell them what my songs are about because before I was just like, oh yeah, I just made it up or whatever. Bye. But um, <laughs> now I'm like, this is like about, I literally said in my TikTok that went viral about Bible Belt, I said, this is about a hooker in my hometown. And so of course everybody was all up in arms about that, which that's a whole nother story. But you know, this happened when I was growing up, you know, 20, 15, 20 years ago. And it's, it's stuff that I saw and i watched happen and the kids were in my class or the kids were you know around my age and you just it's heartbreaking to see but i think that it needs to be talked about yeah, and it does so i mean somebody is gonna hear all the bible belt and the first time they hear it they're probably gonna cry because it takes them to a a dark place but the second time it's gonna become fancy it's gonna come to where you fucking belt that shit out and you let that pain out into a song. That's what I love about the storytelling aspect of a bunch of y'all. It's you're not just some cookie cutter. What you're writing about actually can connect with somebody and make a, and mean something to them. I remember the first time I I heard, uh, in color or something like those, those songs that just stay with you 
forever. I'm big on, uh, I say it all the time on the show, I don't want to hang out or associate myself with people who are trying to get a hit on radio right now. I want the people around me that are going to have a song that comes out now that people are still singing in 10 years. That yeah. they don't they don't care if it goes number one right now or anything. They're putting their heart and soul into it to where it's just as relatable. It's about legacy to me. It, 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 yeah, I'd rather have a great legacy than temporary fame. And right now, I'm working on a full full album, full body work, and we're kind of going through and picking the songs. And there are some songs that I'm like, oh, this would probably be better received, or you know. The people around me think, oh, this might be, you know, better for radio, but we don't want that for you. We want you to be true to you because that's what you built this whole thing on is just grassroots, you know, being yourself. And so we're, when we're picking those songs for the album, we, we're kind of keeping that in mind that it's the longevity that you're talking about that we're interested in. Well, you remind me a lot, and I hope you like this person before I say it. You remind me a lot of like a female co-wetzel. Like... Uh, He's my favorite of all time. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Well, then you're doing a great job because that's what you remind yeah. me of. You remind me of this badass that's going to sing about what she wants to sing about. And Co Wetzel, I doubt, besides for in Texas, he's had a song on country radio. No, nobody wants to. No, nobody wants to touch. Did you see him at the CMAs this year or anything like that? But you go look at his numbers and you look at his crowds. It don't fucking matter. Yeah, you know. Oh, I'm in the crowd. Every time every time he comes near here, I'm there. Him, and I've really been a big fan of Corey Kent lately. I don't know if you've ever seen him. I His stuff is the... a little more straight edge, but, yeah. I mean, he's a fantastic performer, and he's kind of the same way. He has great fan base, and, you know, he sells out shows, you know, every weekend. So, it's kind of like that thing. Yeah, you don't need that shit. You don't need the permission from country radio to be successful anymore. Like you, you already have a built-in marketing with everything that you release to where it used to cost hundreds of thousands of dollars for that many people to hear a song. Like, yeah, that's why the independent artist right now is just fucking killing it. I mean, it might be a struggle. I'm all about the struggling artist anyway because I feel like you have to pay your dues. I think it's easy come, easy go. And uh, when I did, uh, I did Outside the Round podcast with Nikki and Burrell when I was in Nashville a few weeks ago. And I was trying to explain I was trying to explain to them this, but it came out wrong. I don't mind if somebody blows up off of social media. I don't. It does not bother me as long as they're talented. I don't like the people that decide once they get a million followers, oh, I'm gonna start doing music now and they're putting out shit, but yet it's still getting as many spins as some of the people that have paid their dues and struggled to get to where they're at now. I don't really much care for that. But for somebody in your case, you're you're going around the country playing bars you're putting in the time you're putting in the effort and all this kind of stuff and i think your longevity is way more than somebody that's a flash in the pan and uh well a lot of people don't know this about me but i've been performing professionally since i was five years old i was on a um, a variety show five years old called uh, at rent valley called like uh, the barn dance i guess mm -hmm. is particularly the name of it and I would play every Friday or Saturday night. Um, I would sing, clog, and play fiddle. So I've literally been on stage since I was five. 
every fair, festival in Kentucky, any stage they would let me up on. Even before I was 21, I was singing in bars. I was singing at the BYOB bars, which if you've ever been in one of those, they're rough as hell. We're, they're called granny grabs and VFWs down here, but I'm well aware <laughs> of them. Yeah, so, you know, so I was yeah. playing in those bars when I was 14, 15 years old, you know. So And then I moved to Nashville, and I played on Broadway from – 2017 to let's see i was playing the bars before i even moved down to nashville so i started in the summer 2017 moved in 2018 and then i was full-time doing broadway um, up until covid hit so yeah. i i mean a lot of people talk shit about broadway too but i i cut my teeth there like i got some good experience like i think i've become a better performer i think i got better stage presence from just doing that you know learning how to talk to a crowd and kind of just warm them up like you you would you know on stage anywhere but it's just I don't know it's really good practice so I loved it I used to not Broadway because I like going to Midtown and everything so much but lately when I've been going up there I've spent a lot of time on Broadway and I've got a couple buddies that play down there and it's almost like you're practicing for the big time anyway, like in front of a packed arena when you've got a bar midday, but it's packed out and nobody really cares. And then you get those artists that really captivate the crowd and they learn how to perform. It's like going to school. I, I don't think there's nothing wrong with it. I used to kind of knock it, but I've, I've learned that you can have a good time down there. You just got to find the right bar to go or the right person to go listen to, not the right bar. Exactly. Yeah, you find the right person. I love yeah. going to watch my buddy Blaine Bunning so much down there. I have a good time with him. Um, but there's a, there's a couple more, and like they put on what you would consider like this is concert level shit that you're doing right now. Like this is <laughs> this is fucking grown. Like this, I can respect this. I mean, at certain bars like Kid Rocks, every time you go in there, it's just you're guaranteed there's quality music. It's going to be a good time. Like, don't get me wrong, the line is horrendous and the, getting a drink is horrendous but if you want to hear good music like some of those bars just really focus on the music and i think kid rocks is a good, good example of that for sure yeah speaking of that what's your set list gonna probably look like this weekend so i think we're doing a 90 minute um set and so what we're trying to do recently is mostly original stuff since a lot of people now are more familiar with my original stuff which is awesome for me i love doing that and just getting to hear everybody sing my songs back to me is kind of a little ego boost, you know. <laughs> but uh, so we do mostly originals, and then we will also do probably five, six covers. Um, but it's going to be high energy. You know, I'm only going to do like two slow songs the whole night, I think. So we're going to be ready to party. I, I've never been to uh, the Taproot, the Hummingbird before, so I don't really know what to expect myself. But Y'all can expect it to be pretty high energy from us, is all I'm saying. Well, I'll put it this way. Uh, there, I had a lot of bars that wanted me to do what we're doing at the Hummingbird. But the thing was, like, they wanted to pick the artist. They wanted to have, like, what they wanted to have, but just me host it. And it's like, I'm not putting my name on that. Because like, it goes against everything I stand for if I sit there and I've got some, you know, some city boy – or some, you know, Barbie doll get up there. And it's not like what I'm pushing. It's not. And I don't mean no disrespect to anybody when I say that or whatever. Because, like I said, there's a whole huge-ass market for that. It's just not my market. 
But, That's your preference, and you're allowed to have a preference, regardless of what people think. This day and age, you are allowed to have preference. You're damn right. But this place, we so we've done one with Trey Lewis, Blaine Bunning, and Dylan Snyder so far. You're the fourth one we've done. And each one of them have been really, really good. So, like, with our events, I try to make it to where it is a party regardless of the artist. As stupid as that sounds, I want people, when they see that it's Honky Tonk Nights there, to where we had the worst artist you could ever hear, somebody that's amazing like you. It's where they know if they come, they're going to have a good time. So the summer's a little bit slower because the college is out here, but I don't think it's going to be that way all with you. Actually, I've got a, a bet with somebody that, and like this is a weird bet to have, I think you're going to do bigger numbers there than Dylan Snyder. I like Dylan. Dylan was cool. Uh, but I think that you fit this environment so much more. I think that when people hear your shit in this area, they're going to be like, fuck, yeah. I get to go on a Friday night and hear a woman sing some badass country. <laughs> you're, so, you're so relatable to the women around here, though. Like, I know that if they... If they don't know you by now and they happen to walk into the hummingbird on Friday night, they're going to be like, hell yeah. They're going to gravitate towards you and it's not going to be where you're one of those artists that you hear. And it's not that if I hear one of your songs, I'm stopping. There's some artists that I've heard that song. I'm good. I don't need to listen to nobody else. And if I like that song or any more of their songs, you're like a whole catalog person. Yeah, I'm going to go listen to one, and then I'm going to download the rest of your shit because it's just as good. Thank and I, you. I, I well, think you. I think I you're going to comes out. I hope everybody, I hope everybody thinks that because I really put my, more of my heart and soul out into this album, so I hope that it continues to be that way for everybody else too. Well, the only thing that's going to drag you down is Mark Orient. Having Mark Orient open for <laughs> you, that's the, that's the only thing. Oh, Lord. God bless. We're, uh, I've been texting and we're getting excited for it. We're going to try to work up a song to do together. I don't know what we're going to sing yet, but we're, we've been thinking about it. Oh, you're really trying to go down in flames. <laughs> I love him uh, so much. The first time we met, we got told that we didn't need to hang out each other. Like It was yeah. where we have some mutual friends that was like, you two do not need to get together at all. And the, He still live with Eli? Yeah, I think he lives at Alden Boys. I have been drunk in that basement so many times. I have a video of me clogging down there, if that tells you anything. I want to see you clog. <laughs> when you said that while ago, I was like, oh, I bet it is priceless. I got to be pretty fucked up to bring it out, but I will. I will bring it out. Well, you liable to get that fucked up Friday night. I promise you. That is one good thing about the atmosphere there. Uh, you can get tore up and probably I mean you're gonna have more fun if you're drunk anyway but just the environment and the people if the right folks are there and I think the right folks are gonna be you're gonna if you get drunk you're gonna have a fucking blast okay good well we have a show the next night so where are y'all headed to the next night too much fun uh we're headed to Woodland Mississippi we're playing a horse ride at a off-road park that ought to be cool I've been to that venue a couple times to play, but it was for ATV rides. So, I don't know. Never, never played a horse. Well, that's a lie. I have played a horse ride, but not, not at this park, so I'm excited to see what it's going to be like. Well, that's I cool. I smell like horse shit, but that's okay. Fuck it. Who, I mean, hell, we ought to be used to it. 
I mean, it ain't that big of a deal. Well, uh, well, do me a favor and we'll get out of here because I know you got to get on the road. You got some stuff coming up that you need to get to. Um, but drop your social media handles real fast and tell folks uh, when does Bible Belt come out? You already got pre saved for that? Pre saved, pre add, all that stuff on Apple News, Spotify, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, whatever those are. Um, it's all there. It's uh, at the link in my bio at Taylor Austin Die. On Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, I'm all, I'm Taylor Austin Dye everywhere. And then TaylorAustinDye.com. Cool. And when did you say uh, Bible Belt comes out? June 23rd. Got you. Well, hey, if you want to send me it already, that's cool too. You know what I'm saying? I, hey, I can hook you up. I can, I can send you that master. There we go. <laughs> that's, you know, that's the best part about my job is hearing shit beforehand and being like, okay, it's cool to send it to me. I promise not to share. <laughs> And we, uh, we are going to be playing it this weekend, so I don't know if that would entice anybody to come out, but uh, we're playing it at Hummingbird and at Mudslingers. So. Oh, it's going to be good. Well, thank you for coming to do this show, and uh, y'all be careful the next couple of days, and we'll see you on Friday. All right, see you Friday. And thank, thank each you, and every uh, – anytime, darling. And thank each and every one of y'all for listening to the Josh Terry Podcast. I will catch y'all later. <laughs>